Welcome to Inside the Tribe Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Stevens, here with co-host Bill Bars. Bill, I want to get into our word for the week real quick, and it's based on what we spend a lot of time talking about in, in this Friday night, for example. There's going to be a stadium full of people there to watch a football game. And you're going to have people on both sides. You're going to have stand, people in stands on both sides. And I want to talk real quick about these two competing kingdoms, if you will. It's, I, I got this from a devotion that I was doing the other day. Um, I, it was talking about these two kingdoms. And I want to spend just a second in talking about the reality of two kingdoms. And so there's the kingdom of self and there's the kingdom of God. Now, we, we would like to think that we are, hey, kingdom of God people. Jesus talks a lot about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And what I want us to understand is there's no such thing as spectators in this. There's no home and visitor side stands. You're, you're in the game. You're on the field. You're going, you're, it's mano a mano. You're going against one another. So we have, um, these two kingdoms are at, at war with each other. And so my, what, what I wanted to talk about a little bit today is for us to try to begin to think through, well, what, what, which, which side am I on? Or do I even understand I'm in a fight? Right. So I love this passage from Joshua. In Joshua chapter 24, a very famous passage. You've probably heard it before. You may not know the, the, the address in the Bible for it, but here's what Joshua says. Now, Joshua's the guy who came in after Moses dies. You know, Moses led the people out of Egypt, but it was Joshua who would lead them into the promised land. Yes, Joshua, uh, in the book of Joshua, in Joshua chapter uh, 24, verse 14 is where I'll start. It says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And here's the, here's the key point. He says, And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers or the, the gods your father served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So there's this, like Joshua's saying, hey, figure out which side of this thing you're on. Pick a side. Yeah, pick a side, right? Like, hey, there's no, there's no well, maybe, you know, maybe one day I'll be here, one, one day I'll be there. No floaters. No floaters. No, we want to know, like, which side are you on in this thing? Now, for us, I think that if we're all honest with ourselves, I think there's a lot of days that, man, sometimes I wonder, like, am I serving the Lord today? Did I, did I do anything? Did I, did I help in any way? Did I encourage anyone? Did I share the gospel? Did, did, I, make, did I do my part in making God known in the world? Did I serve Him today? Um, we, we all have days where we go, man, I, I blew it today. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, maybe I didn't do my best. You know, and much in the same way as, you know, kids on an athletic field might say, yeah, you know what, today I didn't play my best. Um, the key word for me there is choose. Every day we get to make choices. What are we going to do? Now, we don't maybe think about it. I, I don't think we all wake up, hit the alarm clock in the morning, you turn it off when it's ringing us out of bed, or if you get up early and you don't need an alarm clock, either way. I don't think we get up in the morning and go, you know, I've got to make a choice right now. But we are making a choice. And how much better off could we serve the Lord if when we woke up in the morning we said, all right, I got some choices to make. Who am I going to serve? There's these, two com there's these two kingdoms that are at war with one another. And I have to choose this day whom I'm going to serve. Am I going to serve me and my kingdom, 
the God of the flesh, if you will, that sin nature? Am I going to get up and am I going to serve myself? Or am I going to get up today and I'm going to serve the Lord? Whatever that looks like, in whatever way that's possible. And so for those of you who are listening to the podcast, you know, I want to encourage you. Today, you get choices. You got, you, you, you're going to make some choices today about who you're going to serve. Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve yourself? Um, the greatest way that you can serve yourself, by the way, is to not be selfish. The greatest way that you can serve yourself is actually to serve the Lord by serving others. The value, I, I cannot remember who said this, but the value of one's life, somebody said this, uh, the value of one's life and the, uh, really the value of one's life is determined by how much you give away, how much of it you give away. So, um, or maybe the quality of one's life is determined by how much, you, how much of it you give away. So are we giving away our life? Are we using it to serve others? Are we using it to make a difference? More importantly, are we choosing in the moments of our life where we have opportunity to serve the Lord? Or if we looked at our calendars, you know, they say you can tell what people's priorities are by looking at their calendars Calendars. and their checkbook. If we went and looked at how, or maybe in these days, not necessarily a checkbook, your bank account. If you went and looked at an itemized list of your bank account, you went through and looked at an itemized list of your calendar, your daily routine, if you will. What would we determine about the choices we make? What did we choose to serve, self or the kingdom of self or the kingdom of God? Um, So, you know, just a word of encouragement today to all of us out there to make sure that we're living on purpose, not living by accident, and uh, go out there and choose every single day to get up, serve the Lord, make a difference in the world that we live in. You know, I think subconsciously we make choices without even knowing we make choices. Right. Um, you know, it's like you said, your alarm clock goes off. It's normal for you, whatever your routine is, get up out of bed, get dressed, get a shower, brush your teeth, go to work, drive this route to work, drive that route to work. Those, those, we don't see those as choices. We see it as, Hey, this is what we do. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right that there's, you gotta, you gotta pick a side Mm that there is no, you know, you're either on one side or the other. Um, there's a, there's definitely a, you know, a line in the sand. And, um, I, I think there are many times and I'll I speak for myself that there are many times where my checkbook of life, mm-hmm. um, probably de- is not in the order that it needs to be in. Um, and, um, you know, me and you were having a conversation earlier today about, uh, you know, living, living life and and I feel like you know here recently I lived life from event to event mm-hmm. um and uh you know let's look at what what's the next event coming up what is it is it church on Sunday is it soccer game on Saturday is it football game on Friday is it and we live event to event and I think we get caught up so much in worldly things and things going on in the world that we forget for lack of a better term that there is a bigger world outside yeah. of all of that. Yeah, how many of us have had the conversation? I mean, can you believe it? We're, I mean, we're two weeks away from Thanksgiving. Right. And then, you know, once Thanksgiving's in the rearview mirror, it's Christmas, and it's Christmas is here in a blur, and then it's New Year's, and then, you know, you're staring a new year in the face, and we're sitting there every New Year's going, man, I can't believe we're in a new year. And it's not long before you're sitting there going, I can't believe it's Thanksgiving in a couple of weeks. Right. I mean, it just goes by so fast. And, and it's, I think part of that is because, Bill, we, we do, we, 
you said live event by event. We, we pack our schedules full of things. And so when we get done with one event, our attention immediately shifts straight ahead to the next thing. Hey, let's get ready for that. And because of that, life just goes by in a blur. And then what, I, you know, like this whole idea of choosing and waking up in the morning and choosing who we're going to serve. And I think, one, it could help us be aware of opportunities that maybe we're not aware of. But the other thing is, man, you know, I don't want a year to go by and yeah. me have completely missed out an opportunity to make a difference for the glory of God. Right. Right. And I, and I think that that, that that could very easily happen because he, he, he provides those opportunities for us. That They're there. They're there daily. Um, you know, there was, I was thinking while you were talking, there's a commercial that comes on TV. Um, I forgot what the advertisement is, but it's the dad getting home and going upstairs and, and the kids got all the, the little toys in the, in the floor and, and they're playing with the toys and, you know, it kind of morphs into, um, I think it's the dad and his daughter, as a matter of fact. And then at, toward the end of the commercial, it kind of morphs into now the daughter's grown and the dad's really old, um, and it, it it kind of if you don't take it for the meaning of whatever they're advertising, but take it for the real meaning of what you see, that's that's life. And I mean, how much do we miss out on? You know, how many how much does he put in front of us to say, you know, tug on our coattail, so to speak, to say, hey, I want you to do this, and we miss out on it because we're looking forward to, well, I you know, I've got this banquet to go to or I've got this you know we're looking at the worldly things of a schedule of what to do and missing out on the opportunities that he's given us well you know I I think when we revisit scripture one of the things that Jesus tells us it was we reap what we sow yes those and so sowing is a choice um so if, if you find yourself in a space in a place today where you're going, man, I'm just too busy. I'm crazy busy. I, I can't catch my breath. You know, life is going by in a blur. I, I think one of the things that we need to understand about that is that what we are living in is what we've sown. <coughs> I remember one time, one of my former pastors, I was telling him, he was like, Pastor, I'm just so wore out. I'm so tired. I'm so busy. I'm so this and I'm so that. And he looked at me. He said, who's in control of your calendar? I said, well, I guess I am. Yeah. He says, okay, well, then that's your fault. <laughs> you know, he was being honest with me in an, in an effort to try to tell me to pull back. You, we've often heard less is more. Yeah. I believe that's true, particularly when it comes to life. I mean, maybe... One of the things that we learned in 2020, as crazy of a year as that was, I think one of the things that we learned is, you know, when we were all in quarantine trying to figure out what is this COVID thing that we're dealing with, we all had a chance to slow down, decompress, spend time with family, doing the things that really mattered. And as soon as COVID cleared and we were like, okay, I think we're safe, man, we hit it running harder than, harder than before. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we can f- – but again, you wake up in the morning – you choose. That's right. So be careful of the choices you make. Absolutely. Speaking of drawing lines in the sand, uh, we just drew one line in the sand. It was the end of the regular season last week for high school football. Um, another season is getting kind of started with um, uh, basketball, middle school basketball in particular. High school basketball won't start till a little bit later this month. We're going to talk about both of those. We're also going to talk about um, this weekend, this Saturday, 
One act is going to be in the state competition. That's going to be at Northside and Warner Robins. Um, cross country had a cross country state had meet. Had a state meet up in Carrollton. Carrollton. Um, you know, Coach Haggard, uh, this is the first time that we've had a cross country team in the state tournament or, or state meet, I should say, mm -hmm. um, in quite some time. I think there was a couple of runners that, that bested their personal record. And, um, you know, the rest of them, uh, for a program that hadn't been there in a while, good good chance to get their feet wet and see what it's all about. Right. Uh, you know, I think that, that Coach Haggard done a phenomenal job uh, bringing the program back. Mm -hmm. Or, or not, not the program back. We already had a high school cross-country mm -hmm. team, but incorporating middle school into it. Um, and um, and I th think Coach Haggard done a done a great job with them this year. Uh, you know, I know he has high expectations. Um, you know, going forward, uh, based on what he's seen this year. Yeah. So, Bill, you've got uh, your daughter Bristol plays basketball. How did basketball fare last week? Um, middle school basketball last week, we won at Dooley. Uh, they lost to Fitzgerald on Monday. I think it was they played them. Fitzgerald's got a really good team. Um, Fitzgerald was, at this point, was better than us, but not that much better than us. We um, we, we made some unfortunate mistakes and kind of got in a hurry in the first half. We really settled down the second half. Um, I think they wound up beating us by about 20. Um, and then Thursday, we went to Dooley, uh, which was a conference game, uh, beat Dooley. Uh, I think it was 30, 39 to 23, I think it was. Um, the girls played played really well. Um, still got stuff we got to work out, but, uh, you know, they, they played well. And then yesterday they played Macon County at home. Uh, I think they beat Macon by eight or ten, um, which was another conference game. Uh, right now they're five and one overall, five and zero oh in the conference. Uh, they will this Thursday because they play on uh, Mondays and Thursdays, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So this week uh, they will be off. Um, this is their Thursday off, so they won't play anymore um, this week. Now the sixth and seventh grade team will go to Berrien today, middle school boys and girls um, will play in Berrien today. Uh, the boys had a really good game up in Dooley. Um, Against them, I think they wound up getting beat by like six points. Um, and then they played Macon here at home yesterday. Uh, had, a, had a tough time with Macon. Macon, they, they uh, basically full court, man-to-man -man pressed the whole game. Um, and, you know, with our, with our middle school team, with the youth and the inexperience, they didn't quite know how to, how to handle that. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, the boys are kind of trugging along, learning a little bit. Um, and uh, – you know, hopefully, hopefully things will, will turn around for them. But you know, like we've talked about before, you, you can't coach experience. That's right. Um, but uh, I think the boys are winless at this point. Um, and like I said, the girls are five and one. And uh, next week, uh, I have to look at the schedule. It, it's going to start. About, we've played everybody in the conference once, um, and now I think it starts back over. Um, and we will go to Hawkinsville, I believe. Uh, yes, we will go to Hawkinsville Monday. That game will be at 4.30. And then we will play Turner 
here on Thursday. That's okay. next week. Okay. Um, Turner here on Thursday. That will be a little later start. That will be a 5 o'clock start. And then Saturday, uh, the 18th, November the 18th, they will play in a Turkey Bowl Classic basketball tournament in Rochelle. Okay. So um, this coming up week, like I said, uh, Monday at home against Hawkinsville. I mean, I'm sorry, Monday in Hawkinsville, Thursday at home against Turner, and then Saturday in Rochelle in the tournament. All right. And my understanding is that is boys and girls. Okay. Um, so there's quite a few things coming up for Irwin County Athletics. We've got a lot of full slate of basketball next week, like, like, like we mentioned too, uh, one act this Saturday – uh, in Northside Warner Robinson State Competition. Last week, Bill, we traveled to Bacon County. We were hoping, you know, trying to climb the ladder, trying to get to a place where, you know, we're 5-5. Five and five. It was an opportunity to secure a win, which would get us a home playoff game. And so Bacon County, uh, we made the trip over there. And uh, football team, I, I was impressed with Bacon County. I yes. thought they were a pretty good football team. And our team went up there and, and played pretty well. You know, we, we, um, we went up there and got the win, which was a big win for us to be able to host the first round of the playoffs, not being that two – in that three bracket, but being the two bracket. So we get the home game. And uh, let's talk a little bit about that game. Tell me what you saw from the sideline. Yeah, they um, – you know, Bacon impressed. First of all, kudos to the people in Bacon County. A beautiful facility over oh, there. Oh, amazing facility, yeah. Um, beautiful facility. They were really um, – uh, great hospitality when we got there. Um, you know, the guy had told us up front that, that they didn't have room for us in the press box, but, you know, told us there'd be a tent set up for us. There was right outside the te- uh, press box on the on the top of the stands. Uh, we got there, started unpacking everything. A guy from the school comes over, um, and uh, I didn't realize that we would – my understanding was – then we got there, I thought we would actually be on the field. Maybe they'd set a tent up in the end of an end zone or somewhere. Um, but the guy was super nice, you know, got us some extension cords, everything we needed. Um, so we we really appreciate the hospitality that they showed while we were over there. Uh, and they had a pretty good football team to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, good size. I, you know, I was telling them they run that four-man defensive front, and they was probably right at 1,000 pounds or a little more on that on that defensive front. Um you know they were they were gritty. They were tough. You know they come out running. Uh, I call it basically the quarterback was in a shotgun and an inverted wishbone. Uh, some people call it a diamond backfield. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and they were just power, power, power off tackle, power off tackle. Um, and, and to be honest with you, they they kind of got away from that in the mid parts of the game. I don't know why. Um, they went a little bit more just like some read option, jet sweep type stuff. Um, and we pretty much shut that down when they done that. Uh, but we, we, there were times that we, we struggled with the, with the power game and them running right at us. Uh, but you know what? Uh, the, the guys made plays when they had to make plays. Right. Um, you know, I thought uh, uh, our punt team was on, on spot. Uh, two two punts inside the one. Inside the one. So hats off to Melvin Webb, the punter. Mm-hmm. Um, Carter Howell was the one that downed him down yep. there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one of the things we were talking about on the sidelines. Um, me and, and I think it was Wes Scarborough was talking about it. We were talking about football IQ. Just, you know, knowing 
knowing how to play the game or knowing how the game is played without being taught, if that makes sense. Um, And, uh, you know, a lot of football IQ goes into covering punts, especially down around the goal line and turning your back to the goal line and knowing where you can't be and where you have to be. Um, So so great job there. Um, You know, I thought, again, uh, Jakeen played well. I thought that – Zay Payne had the pick six there to kind of seal the deal uh, there at the end. And um, I thought Luke threw the ball well. He had a touchdown pass um, and had a few others, uh, you know, for one reason or another, they were dropped or missed or whatever. And, um, you know, I thought I thought ultimately that we played a really scrappy game. It, it was good to get back to, to five and five. Of course, like you said, that will give us a second seed going into the playoffs but um you know just a just a good win we've we've that's two in a row um get one more and they call that a streak that's That's what uh the manager on major league said yeah you've won two games if you win one more that's called a streak that's right (laughs) um but uh you know and and you know coming in this week we'll have our hands full yet again um you know i i told them there's been over the last 10, 11 years, I've not really had a first-round opponent that's really concerned me, uh, but Temple concerns me uh, just by what they run. Um, and we know we'll get into that in a minute, but we know oh so well about that. So that could be a big advantage or it could be a big disadvantage. But, um, but yeah, Friday night bacon, like I said, good, good win. Um, you know, we, the way that things are set up, um, we, we'll be moving away from them, away from Pelham, away from Brooks. Um, and, and I was looking, and I think that that was our 30, that was our 40th time playing Bacon, historically. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're 33 and 7 oh, wow. against them. Wow. Um, but, uh, you know, Bacon. Bacon really, they're going to be the third seed. They really don't have a bad draw. They really don't. They got, they'll probably play, I think, Heard County the second round. Um, and then the winner of that will more than likely get Bryan County, who's the region winner out of whatever region they're in over there. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at Bryan's schedule, and um, I don't, I think Bryan is probably the weakest one seed in, in the playoffs. Um, and I think by a pretty good bit. Um, so, uh, you know, Bacon could do very well with the draw they got. Yeah. Well, they they were a pretty good football team. I, I thought thought they played well. Some of the things to look forward to with um, if you're if you're wondering, all right, well, tell me about Temple. All right. So, Bill, you mentioned that it concerns you a little bit. Well, why? What is it that they do that concerns you? Well, any team that runs a wing tee concerns me. Yeah. Especially if they know how to run it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they run a different version than what we run. Um, but we are familiar with the version they run. It's the same version that John Lindsay run when he was here with the double wing, one fullback. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of motion and, and jet sweeps. Um, and they will run the trap and the belly and down and all that out of it also with the fullback. I hadn't watched a whole lot of them on film. Um, defensively, uh, you know, I, I was looking here at their schedule. Uh, they're five and five. Uh, they 
have not beat a team with a winning record. Um, they do have two wins against two five and five teams, um, but the rest of their wins come against uh, teams with losing records. Uh, they they beat Pike County. They beat. Um, Trying to see, I have no idea who that is. Chattooga, they beat Lumpkin County. They beat, uh, or lost to Lumpkin County, I'm sorry. Lost to Pepperell, lost to Bowden, lost to Midtown, lost to Lamar County, lost to Heard County, and beat Crawford this past week. Well, Crawford's one and nine. Um, they lost to Heard, Heard's four and six. Lamar's eight and two. They're pretty good. Um, they beat Midtown. Midtown's five and five. They lost to Bowden. Bowden's eight and two. They lost to Pepperell. Pepperell's five and five. They lost to Lumpkin. Lumpkin is ten and zero. Oh. They lost to. They beat Chattooga. They're two and eight. They beat whoever this other school is, forty-one to thirteen. They're five and five, and they beat Pike County. And Pike County's zero oh and ten. Um, so just to look at their schedule, if you, we don't have any common opponents that we can look back at, and. Um, you know, so looking at looking based just on paper, um, it seems that they really have a hard time with teams with 500 or better records. And um, you know, like I said, they just, you know, the wing T is just that finicky offense. It's it's that uh, just one missed tackle, one missed gap assignment, one person with their eyes in the wrong place. Eye discipline. And it's 80 yards in a cloud of dust. Right. Um, and, and we're the same way. I mean, we, we, we can do it the same way. But um, it's just, you know, the wing tee is, is blocking scheme. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Um, but at the same time, and you know this, that, you know, plays, you know, a play being a five-yard gain and a play being a 50-yard gain could be the difference in a person stepping two inches and three inches yep. on, on the line of scrimmage. Yep. Or, or, you know, the angle they take. Angle, yeah, the step. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it, it could be within that – just that small of a mistake. Um, so, we got to be on our toes definitely on defense. Well, I know offensively um, – I'm looking at their numbers here. Offensively, Temple – Average is about 310 offensive yards per game. Now, of those 310 offensive yards, they're only averaging about 50 per game in the air. They're completing on average three passes per game, taking about seven passes. So they're, they're averaging three of seven for 50 yards, okay? So, yeah, you, you got to pay – but what they – you got to pay attention to the pass. But one thing that we know is um, what they want to do is they want to come out and run it. And they average 260 yards, basically 261 yards per game on the ground. They're averaging seven and a half yards per carry. So, seven and a half yards carry is pretty good. Yes, sir. That's a pretty good average. That means every two carries you're getting a first down. So, we're going to see a, a heavy dose of run. I don't know much about them personnel-wise. Um, you know, typically you're, you're going to have a big bruising, pounding fullback, and then you got some kids with speed that can hit – hit you on the edge so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that now from a defensive standpoint they their stats are not posted <clears throat> so because their stats are not posted what I'm going to do is I'm going to do what you just did I'm going to go look at their schedule against Pike County now Pike's 0 and 10 Pike scored six points okay probably a reason they're 0 and 10 that's right 
Uh, Christian Heritage is f- uh, five and five. Christian Heritage. They scored thirteen points against um, Temple. Chattooga was two and eight. They scored twenty-one points. Lumpkin was ten and zero. They scored thirty-five. Pepperell uh, was five and five. They scored nineteen. Bowden is eight and two. They scored forty-two against Temple. Then Midtown uh, is five and five. Now they only scored seven. Then Lamar County, tw- uh, eight and two team, scored twenty-three. Heard County, four and six, scored forty-three. And then Crawford County, who was one and nine, scored twenty. So it appears to me, I don't know what that average would come out to, but I'm I'm gonna guess that they're on average giving up roughly, let's say thirty, uh, maybe probably around thirty points a game, probably probably close to that, maybe not quite, but. Looks like you can score on them. Yes. So uh, what I gather is pretty good offense, not great defense. Well, that's what I was looking. You were talking about their yards per carry. Just just to give you some simulation, we're averaging uh, 6.1 yards a carry. Okay. Um, we're averaging about 200 and – just say 215. We'll round it up because it's close. 215 rushing yards a game. So they average about 35 more yards per game than we do? We're averaging about 86 yards of passing a game. So we average about 36 more yards than they do. So just about breaking that even. About breaking even. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, five for us, five touchdowns, five interceptions. Um, we've rushed for 2,149 yards, which 214.9 yards. Um and uh, 23 rushing touchdowns. So, you know, our identity now at the end of the year is what we thought it would be at the beginning of the year. And that's, you know, like the old guy says, run the ball. Yeah, run the ball. So, looking at their statistics, if you want to know who to look for on uh, Friday night during the game, uh, number three is – his his last name is Gray. He's had 110 carries for 981 yards. He's averaging he's averaging uh, 8.9 yards per carry. So that's a pretty good average. Might want to pay attention to number three. Uh, the next guy is um, number five. He's got 70 carries for 430 yards. So he's averaging six six yards a carry. And then the next guy up would be number 11. He's got 13 carries for 223. So. Um, looks like their guy, according to the stats here, is number, number three. three. My guess is he, he's probably the fullback. C.J. Gray, he is 5'9", I'm sorry, 5'10", 190 pounds. That's a pretty good-sized kid. He's listed as a running back. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd be curious if they don't line him up in the – he's either, he's either going to be one of those wings or he's going to be the fullback. Right. He's a junior. Yep. Um, number five – is a junior, Kaysen McNallian, and you said number 11? Yeah. McClan. Mateer. Uh, Mateer. Yeah. He's a, he's a junior. Okay. Um, and just looking through there, I'm, I'm just kind of flipping through, looking to see how many seniors they've got, and I don't see a whole lot of them. And, and judging by their pass catchers, their leading pass catchers are also their backs. 
It's the same guys. Their leading receiver, their leading receiver has seven catches on the year. That's Mateer, who's number eleven. The second leading receiver has six. He could be a wideout. His last name's Watkins. He's probably their wideout. And then after that is Gray, the number three kid. He's got five catches on the year. So you're, you're most of the time they're going to be throwing to their backs, right? With typical wing T stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're either going to have a that. Watkins kid that's got six catches. He's either a tight end or he is a wide receiver. I don't know if let me see if I can pull it up and see if it, he's a wide receiver. So he's number 16. So they've thrown to him in 10 games. They've thrown to him six times. 6'2, 6'2, 190. 6'2, Good sized kid. So you're going to see a heavy dose of run. Look, expect to see that. And so when you have two teams that are committed to running the ball, you know what you're going to have? A game like we had against Bacon, one that goes by in a hurry. I know. It, the, the clock is going to be running a lot. The clock is going to move. Halves are going to go by in a hurry. You're looking, at probably, you're looking at probably three possessions per team per half, so six total in the game. Right. Got to make the most of them. You got to score when you get your shots, and you got to stop the other guy. Right. So, this, is, this is one of those where you want to make them play from behind. Exactly. You know uh, – Get some turnovers, maybe even steal a possession. One year, I think it was – well, it was the year that – the year before Coach Nobles came, so it had been 2013. We got beat by Charlton in the semifinals. Um, our offense that year was really, really good. Defense wasn't bad, but not the best that we've had. And um, me and Coach Lindsey were having a discussion, and – I told him, I said, um, it, the week leading up to one of the playoff games. And I told him, I said, man, I said, if I win the toss, I said, I, if I'm you, I'm taking the ball. He said, why? I said, your offense is good. Mm-hmm. I said, make them play catch up yeah. the whole game. Yeah. I said, because all it's going to take is for you to stop them one time. Yep. And we, we were playing Johnson County. Mm-hmm. We got the kickoff. We took the ball, whether – I don't know how that worked out, not just because I told him that's what mm-hmm. I would do. But mm-hmm. we got the ball, we go down, we score. Mm-hmm. We kick off to them, they get to the 50. Um, they go for it on fourth down and don't make it. It was downhill after that. Mm-hmm. So when we had – it was funny because when we had the opening, um, the job opening when Coach Nobles was hired, Johnson County's coach, Don Norton, also applied for the job. So he come and he interviewed for it and – and I asked him, I said, Coach, I said, it's just it's a burning question. I said, and I, I have to ask you. I said, we played you on the playoffs the year before, yep. I said, you had the ball fourth and one, fourth and two on our 50-yard line. I'm, we're talking early in the first quarter. We're talking there's still eight or nine minutes left to go in the first quarter. Why did you go for it? Why didn't you try to punt us down in a hole, hold us? He said, because I knew we couldn't stop y'all. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I had to take my chances. <clears throat> yep. And and so, you know, that when you come across that, just like in this game, you know, Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald's a team. They're not built to play from behind. They're not. Um, you know, this year we're not built to play from behind. Um, in the past we, we were and yep. we could, mm-hmm. but just because of the experience of the skill sets mm-hmm. and the skill sets that we have at this moment. So, you know, it sounds like Temple's one of those where – you know, we can get the ball, get up, maybe get a stop, get, get up them a couple. Get what they want to do. Get them, make them change their game plan. Um, that might be a good game plan. Yeah, might be. 
Well, what we need is we need all of Irwin County to show up. It is playoff week. Let's pack the stands. Let's make some noise. Let's make it hard for those kids from Temple to hear when they're on the football field. Let's show them what real home field advantage sounds like. So uh, we're hoping that you'll show up this week and uh, cheer the kids on. By the way, Bill, before we wrap up, I do want to make everyone aware to go ahead and reserve the date on your calendar, December the 6th. That Wednesday evening, we are going to be having Fields of Faith FCA is sponsoring this event. It will be at the high school. Chris Musgrove will be coming in. He'll be bringing a message. We're going to have some of the students from different churches all over Irwin County, I think, are going to be leading the music. So it'll be a great opportunity for us to come out and be uh, supportive of of an FCA-sponsored event at the high school. You know, he was here four or five years ago, six years ago, something something like that they had in the gym at the time. Wonderful, wonderful program. Um, I really I really enjoyed the message that he brought that night, and I'm looking looking forward to him uh, coming again and bringing another message. And, you know, another opportunity for community involvement and for like we were talking about earlier. That, that is an opportunity to, to choose a side. That's right. That's right. Well, we hope you, uh, hope you guys have had a great week. Hope you uh, will be there Friday night at the reservation. 7.30 p.m. is kickoff. Go ahead and get there early and get you a good seat and bring all the noisemakers you can bring. Absolutely. All right, Bill. Well, another week down. Hopefully next week we'll be looking forward to a preview of uh, Irwin County second round playoff game, which will be on the road, I think, if the one seed wins, wins and, and that would be Blakely. Yeah, that's what I was looking right quick. Um, uh, us and Temple, uh, the winner of our game will get the winner of Blakely and Claxton, which is a one seed, four seed. Um, if Pep- Claxton pulls off the upside, upset, then we get a home game. Then we get a home game. Yeah. Um, I don't foresee that happening. I don't think that's going to happen either. And then in the bottom half of our side of the bracket, Pepperell and Mount Vernon is the two threes. And uh, Prince Avenue Christian and Athens Christian are the one fours on our side. Uh, Staying on our side at the bottom, Pelham and Hurd will play East Lawrence and Bryan, Mount Pisgah and Dade County and Jasper County and Commerce. Then on the other side, top right, Oglethorpe and Elbert. St. Francis and Tryon, Swainsboro and Metter. Swainsboro wound up being the three seed out of that region. Wow. Um, Swainsboro and Metter will play. Uh, so they've already played one time this year. I think Swainsboro beat them pretty good. Uh, Bacon and Lamar County will play in Lamar County. And then the bottom half of that bracket on the right, Rabin and Social Circle, Darlington, Whitfield Academy, Screven, Dublin, and Crawford County and Brooks County. Well, very good. Well, it's uh, it's playoff season, and here we are. So uh, look forward to seeing you guys Friday night. Bill, thanks again for uh, joining in. And fans, uh, or the, all of you Irwin County Indians, thanks for listening in. And we'll look forward to seeing you again Friday night at the reservation, 7.30 p.m. Don't be late. <laughs>